Radio. Like touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what in the hell is that? And more radio starts now. Spirits and More Radio. This is episode 32, and we're going to do, or actually, this would be episode 33. Sorry about that, you guys. The Whaley House is episode 32, which you may have just listened to if you've been listening to the show. So uh, anyway, this is our show that we're doing. Ace Jordan is with us on the phone this time, coming in from Orange County, California. Ace, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Cool. Can you hear me? Yep, we got gotcha. you. Okay. So uh, Ace and I went up to Fright Fest, presented by Six Flags Magic Mountain. And uh, it's Ace, do you know how many years uh, Fright Fest has been going on? A uh, long time? <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> I think the, the first time I heard of it was probably about four years ago. So I don't know... If it so had you been think going, it's new, relatively new? I think it's within the last seven, five, six, seven years, probably. I guess we could look that up. You know, Six yeah, Flags has different too. parks, and so they kind of like, the Fright Fest thing was put together, sponsored by Snickers, and it's probably like for a bunch of their theme parks across the country. So, um, Yeah, I do think they, they have multiple Fright Fests. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things Eric was saying after we saw Eric Van Leer the, uh, on our show about SeaWorld and Hallow Scream, uh, we were talking about how it was thin as far as the crowd goes because, you know, it's new. Nobody knows about it. You know, we felt like there could be more promotion or as it gets closer to Halloween, more people will come. There'll be more energy in the air. But I have to tell you, so Six Flags was the opposite. Six Flags, first of all, when I got there, we rolled into the parking lot and we were literally in the last row of parking in the auxiliary dirt parking lot, which is as far North as you can go. And it's so far that they had literally had like actual full size buses taking people from the parking lot to the front gate. And, uh, I was blown away. I'm like, what is going on tonight? Like, you know, what, what is going on? You know? And so anyway, I, uh, was lucky enough to score a parking spot in the first 10 spots up near the front and uh, walked in and, and Ace, you were already at the media event and I was trying to find the media event. I was there at 530. It took me an hour to find it and get through all the people. So first impression was I walk in, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people here. I mean, they're, you know, like just in the front gate area and then as I kind of came in, I went, tried to go to the restroom and the guy's restroom had about 20 people waiting to go to it, which is unusual. Right. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. 
And so the next bathroom I got to, I said, I'm not waiting in that line. The next bathroom I got to was just as long, every single bathroom. And then the food spots all had huge lines. I mean, I've never seen Six Flags that busy. And I was trying to gauge what it was because, I mean, summer's over. There's probably not a lot of vacationers around still, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's local people. But it's like opening night of Fright Fest. And so I'm like, wow, does this does this event draw this big a crowd? I mean, is it that popular? Because in years past, I don't remember it being. I mean, the other media events I went to was definitely not that crowded. And so uh, all I can think is maybe it's pent-up demand. People are, um, you know, itching to do something. And in L.A. is kind of like in a lockdown, not really a lockdown, but the masks. And uh, Lance over at Screamscape, who uh, I was representing and went out to Six Flags for, uh, we had a little conversation today. And uh, he, he said that apparently there's some, they're going to roll out, like you can't get in, you can't go indoor places without a vaccination proof or something. And so he thought that uh, maybe people were trying to get out and do stuff before it got harder to go do stuff. So that was just one. Yeah, third. That's, that's possible. Yeah, but have you, did you feel the same way? Have you ever seen Six Flags that busy? Well, I felt that it was a Saturday night, which most of the time uh, media events are not on a Saturday. It might be the first Saturday one I've gone to. Um, and they also, they have, they double up on you where they have all the people, like the, the theme park is still open late. So you can be there going on the rides and doing your thing. And then all the people for the, Air park are there too and they're kind of intermingling intermingling together along with you know whatever press crowd was there too right um yeah it's just a kind of a big mess well i, I and, looked, and i, I think that up when oh go ahead. Fright fest started yeah and it says it started in 1986 at astro world in houston texas okay so i guess it's been going on quite a while i don't know if that's cons- consecutively but it's been going on a while yeah yeah that's uh i don't think magic mountain has had it that long but you know obviously it probably was rolled the one just probably when it's rolled out across the country you know at different times Mm -hmm. because uh six flags has gone through some hard times uh different points in the last decade or so but anyway um so just so the listeners understand fright fest is like an overlay of a normal day at Magic Mountain. So at seven o'clock, they release the monsters into the park. Special effects turn on. They've got these glow black light zones, scare zones throughout the park. And you get a wristband to, if you pay for Fright Fest, then you can go into the haunted houses, which there are three, five of, right? We did five. Uh, Six. Three on the lower level, two up near Ninja, and then was there one in the back oh yeah we did the the apocalypse one in the back that's right yeah there's aftermath two chaos rising condemned forever damned uh ghost tober presents will uh, willoughby's resurrected red's revenge sewer of souls and vault 666 unlocked right right that's all of them that's right i remember all those so so just 
So as I said, you know, you buy a wristband and that allows you to go in the haunted houses. But if you just buy a ticket into Six Flags and you don't buy the Fright Fest option, you still get to go through the scare zones, you know? So Yeah, it, it gets really complicated because you you can buy like a regular ticket, you can buy the, the maze ticket, you could buy the fast pass for the rides, you can buy the fast pass for just the mazes. There's probably one where you get both. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of strange the way they do it. I don't think any other theme park does it that way that I've been to. Usually they shut it down at a certain time. Yeah. And they reopen the park for the night crowd. Right. That's that's exactly how SeaWorld did it. That's what Knott's does. That's what Universal does. Although Universal yeah. offers a combo ticket where you can come in in the day and the night. And I don't know if you get to stay. Maybe you get a maybe they do it with a wristband, but it definitely weeds out the crowd because you know, yeah. you, you just don't have, you know, all those people there that have been there all day trying to ride the rides. And you know, it was so busy. The thing is the lines for the rides were long. So everyone who was in the park for the daytime, not for Fright Fest, stuck around to be able to get on all their favorite rides. You know, uh, I had my cell phone service. I have Verizon. I had f uh, five bars with LTE showing and I could not get even a text message out. The cell tower was so jammed. So yeah, it was a busy my, night. My I think it was the was opposite. A, was a little slow, a little slow too. Yeah. Who are you with? Who am I with? Uh, service, cell phone service. Oh, AT&T. AT&T, okay. So yeah, um, and then later on in the night I saw a Wi-Fi sign. So um, yeah, so it's just a different experience. And I would say that it was an unusually heavy night. Um, so it was a little bit of, and it's also a little bit of a different crowd too, you know, Six Flags Magic Mountain to me has always seemed like a little bit of a different crowd. And I think it's the kind of rides that they have, you know, you get a lot of teenagers, you know, that kind of like 12 to 17 age group, you know, and uh, they're a little bit excited and they're a little bit rowdy. Uh, I remember walking through, we went through some little area and a group of five kids was just like running around, bumping into people, literally like a mosh pit. And uh, yeah. anyway, so it's a different crowd. It's a different situation. I would say that, you know, a lot of the people there aren't there for the haunted stuff. So it's kind of a different vibe, right? Like when you go to Knott's, people are there for... Was that at your house, Ace? Because I'm wondering if I've got cabinets opening in the back here. Oh, you know what? I think it's my chair. I'm in this chair that might oh, be squeaking. Yeah, it was. Did you yep. hear it again? Yeah, that was it. Okay, I'll try <laughs> to sit a little up a little bit more. Every time I hear that sound, I turn around to see if one of my kitchen cabinets is opening. But uh, yeah. anyway, so yeah, so the, I mean, would you say that's a fair assessment of of the vibe at, at uh, Fright Fest? That was. I, I just say it has a chaotic vibe because there was just so many people there and you're right. It, you know, the younger, the younger crowd, the teenagers, they're kind of like, you know, daring each other to go on these rides. Some of them pro for the first time. And then you have people that have like these elaborate season passes, uh, which I don't think gives you access to the mazes, but you know, um, there's all sorts of different passes they have. They have passes for like all the parks. They have passes for just Magic Mountain. They got passes for Magic Mountain and the water park. I was thinking about doing the water park before this event because um, I did that in 2019. 
And uh, being that it was a Saturday, I just thought that would be a horrible idea, which it would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. I probably wouldn't have gone on anything. I didn't even try to get on the rides. It looked so busy that I was like, yeah, after, I don't know. Maybe after, go find the oldest ride in the park and try to get on it. Yeah. So after you left, uh, my daughter and I, we tried, we tried to go on Tatsu or I think it's Tatsu, mm -hmm. something like that. Tatsu's always got a long line. Yeah. It's the one where you sort of look like you're flying anyway. Tatsu's a great ride. We tried yeah. to get, we tried to get on with our media passes and the guy wasn't having it. So she um, went and stood in the long line and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just, I don't feel like standing in the line. So I went to go get a drink while I was waiting and it's like 1215 and the park closes at mm -hmm. one. Oh, hold on. We got a helicopter flying over. Unusual. All right, hopefully it's... Oh, this guy is from SeaWorld. I just got this text that says, it's nice meeting you guys at the uh, park. And I have no idea who it is. Hey, was it... I'm looking for that guy's info. I want to send him our podcast. Was that the entertainment uh, VP? No, I, I don't think so. You can tell I'll, me... I'll pull, it, I'll pull it up afterwards. Yeah, just, I have no idea who You can just text is. it to me so we don't say it on the show. But okay. anyway... Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it was the guy from SeaWorld. I think it was just some random... Oh, okay. Uh, media, media guy. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So, you know, and obviously there's Magic Mountain wants to make, you know, wants a lot of people in that park, you know, and, and it's out of their control also, like, how popular they were, right? So, um, I think it's just a sign that, I think it's a great sign for haunts, at least. I mean, if that's what's going on across the country, as far as these... Uh, events are concerned that people are coming out and going to them i think that's a great thing so yeah i mean i was worried for a while because it seemed like people were so content and doing stuff at home and playing video games and it seemed for a while people weren't going to restaurants people weren't going to the movies um and i was like is this ever going to come back but obviously it has and, and then some you know yeah so that's yeah. a good sign so I think that, uh, I mean, I think it's a nice idea to just, I mean, from a money standpoint, you leave your park open, right? And you've got more people buying drinks and food and all that. But it definitely, you know, I think Disney, Disney knows that, you know, people's experiences sort of start to degrade when it gets too busy. And I've heard them state that's the reason that they hike their, have hiked their ticket prices up every single year is because they mm -hmm. actually want less people in the park. Um, and I think that their Halloween event is just like the other parks in the sense that they boot everybody out. And if you're going to stay for the nighttime, it's a separate ticket. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get that. Why would people pay so much more to go to a, such a crowded park? You know, yeah. I'm look, I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. It's like I want a good deal and I want to go at a time where it's not too crazy crowded. But yeah, well, it seems I like think a lot of people. Just don't think like that. Well, the problem is what's happened is they, you know, the demand for the Disneyland experience has continued to go up every year with more and more people traveling, you know, over, you know, pre-pandemic, obviously. But, um, you know, Disney used to be, for us locals here in Southern California, you would go after September, right? Like after the summertime, my parents, we always went in like October or November, 
and there was like super chill, not long lines to get on the rides, a very nice day, nice weather, not too hot, you know, and that was the good time to go. But, um, you know, in the past 10, 15 years, what's happened is their attendance, they are busy every single day of the year. And there is no time that you can go if you want a nice, relaxing experience at Disneyland. There really isn't a day to, that you can go do that. And so, um, ironically enough, there are some trackers, and we're getting a little bit off track here, but there are some places that track the attendance. And on 4th of July, people expect it to be so crazy. It's actually one of the most chill days at Disneyland because people don't want to fight with the big crowds, but it's actually a lower crowd because... There's so many people afraid of a big crowd that nobody shows up. So I saw that. Yeah, and people are uh, busy doing other family activities on Fourth of July too. Yeah, so. yeah. Maybe Christmas. Uh, I mean, I is can, I can see it from both from both sides. Yeah, that, thinking thinking that it's going to be super crowded when in reality people are probably having barbecues, you know, and trying to find a spot to go see the the fireworks and things. Yeah. So the so the idea I, is I mean, they just I keep. Never, I would never think of going to Disneyland on. July 4th. Yeah. So I think that what it is, is that they raise the ticket price, which is kind of a, you know, it's, it's not the most fair way to do it because you price out everybody who can't, I mean, you know, I've got a, you know, I've, when I was, you know, still married, I mean, family of five to go to Disneyland just to get in the front door is like 700 bucks. And then throw food on top of it. I mean, I went with, I just took my three kids and myself, four of us. And we, the only special thing we did, cause it was my son's birthday is we did the phantasmic show on the terrace where there's a special dinner included. It's elevated. So you can see over the crowd, you can get there 10 minutes before the show versus like trying to camp out and get a good seat for the phantasmic show. But anyway, that was a $1,500 day, you know? And, uh, <laughs> That's not, you know, you did, that was, that wasn't fast pass or anything. Nope. Or? Nope. That was no. No, nothing, you know, special other than some snacks during the day, the big meal at night. And, uh, and that wasn't both, that wasn't both parks. Nope. That was one, park? one park. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, have, I haven't gone in a long time. And when I did, I went about, I went like three times and I got, for, I got two for passes for free. And I never looked at the price and it wasn't until like years later, I looked back and I'm like, I had no idea. I think they were like 250 bucks or something. And now they're way more. Yeah. I mean, you I, know. so like, uh, let's, I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. If we jump back like seven years ago, I used to get the annual pass for Southern California, which had a lot of blackout days. And, um, I went a lot because my kids were not in school yet. Once they got into school, that wasn't able to go just like on a Wednesday during the middle of the week, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. I went a lot that year and that pass, the first time I got the Southern California pass was a hundred bucks a year. And then it went to one twenty-five, And then the last time I paid was one forty-nine, And now I think the Southern California pass is like $350 and it got so high and expensive that they started to offer monthly payments. You know, you pay 25 bucks a month or something. So anyway, but they, they, publicly stated that the purpose, the reason for that is because, you know, the capacity is, is what it is. And by raising the price, the guest experience will be better. So it is what it is. 
saying a two day a two day ticket is two thirty five and a park hopper is two ninety. Wow, two hundred ninety dollars for one day. This two days. Okay. I guess that's two days, but you can okay. One is you get to go to one park per day, so right. that would be uh, like one seventeen fifty per day. And then if you want to go back and forth between the parks over two days, it's two ninety. So I don't know. I, I would get the pass that I could go to both parks in one day, and we just did the whole thing. Right. Yeah. That, that was a really long time ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, so and that's a separate ticket. If you want to do the Disney Mickey's Halloween party. That's a separate ticket. Yeah, I've never, I've never done that, actually. I would like to go see it. You know, one of the cool effects that they did, because um, I'm all into special effects and technology and show technology and stuff, a really cool effect they did was on Main Street one year. And I don't know if they still do it or what, but there's this UV paint where under a black light, you can see the paint and it's multiple colors, pink, orange, green, blue, you know, a pretty good spectrum of colors, yellow. And, but it's invisible. So you can only see it under black light in the dark. So what the effect was that they did was they had main street. They completely painted main street up with this black light paint. And then they would turn the lights down and like lightning would flash and the black lights would come on and all the buildings looked rickety, like a spooky old building that was run down with broken shutters and cracked windows and paint peeling. And so they did all the main street that way. And so every 15, 20, 30 minutes, this little mini show would go down where the buildings all turned to old and spooky, which I thought was a really cool idea. Yeah, that sounds cool. So anyway, but, um, on to Fright Fest, because that's what uh, our main topic is here. So um, we got into the haunted houses. Uh, we saw so we the five haunted houses. Some A lot of them were repeats. Actually, everything was a repeat this year, right, Ace? Except, well, the Condemned, that was new last year. Or two that years was ago. The, that was the newest one. Yeah, I guess they had that. I went to that in 2019. Okay. So there wasn't. I shot, a vi- I shot a video of it for Creepy AF. So I mean, I have to go back and look at it to see how different it was. But yeah, yeah, they, they, it's definitely a repeat of of everything. Yeah. So, um, and I did. I put a lot of that content out as well. So, um, favorite haunts, haunted house on my end, I would have to say was, I think I, I think that condemned. I I liked. Um, the apocalypse one is cool cause it's kind of outdoors and there's lots of fire and stuff, but I didn't really get scared. Like you said, like we were talking about the hollow scream at SeaWorld. It seemed like they were rooms and it was someone in the room. There wasn't really like, you know, thought put into good hiding spots, you know, or good places to hop out and scare people. Cause it was kind of haphazard, like, uh, okay, let's spread some people out in here and let them scare people as opposed to like, you know, coming up with specific effects that people can hop out and scare even someone like you or I, you know, do you agree with that? It's in regards to aftermath or uh, just all of them at, uh, at six flags. 
Well, it de- especially with Aftermath, because it's outdoors, they, I think they could have put more scare actors in there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know what the regulation is in, in L.A. or whatever county they're in. Uh, Actually, for the, indoor, for the indoor mazes. Oh, right. Well, so the indoor mazes, you had to wear a mask because Los, okay. An- Los Angeles, I don't think it's count. Is it city or the whole county? But anyway, one of the only, county. only one of the only places in Southern California where you have to wear a mask. So um, I'm never I'm never sure that that, um, that Magic Mountain was even in L.A. County because it's so far from L.A. I thought maybe it was in another county. Yeah. Guess, well, it's not. Or it could have just been their their own internal decision to follow what's going on in L.A. So yeah. um, anyway, now that I think about it, actually my favorite maze was actually uh, the Willowboros, which is up on the top near Ninja. I really mm-hmm. like that one. That's my favorite one. I feel like the uh, I feel like the quality of the sets and stuff are really cool in there, and I like that one a lot. So that's my favorite. Uh, I don't think people should miss that one. It's a little bit of a tricky thing to get up there. The pathways and the map aren't real clear, but you got to find your way to where Ninja is up to it the top. Feels like an old, old timey haunted house, kind of. Yeah, exactly. More like a, a spooky haunted house. So yeah, that was fun. The vault. I don't six, know which one I like. I like the best, but uh, I I do think I, if I had to do another one, if I had to pick one to do over, it'd probably be. Uh, the willow bees resurrected. Yeah. Well, the so so for people considering going to Six Flags, I definitely think you should go check it out. Um, you know, if you go on a weekend, it could be crazy as far as just the, the amount of people there. Just be prepared for that. Um, but it's a good time. They have a really cool big stage with like a DJ and a live drummer, and it's a really cool lighting rig. And there's a lot of energy in the park for sure. Um, you know, the, um, scare zones are pretty good. I got some really cool pictures of some different characters in the scare zones. Uh, they do a lot of black light. I can't say that I've seen a lot of black light in any of the other parks, um, as much black light as they do at magic mountain. So they've got, which is kind of cool because, you know, the masks on the people and their faces really stand out. You know, so um, it's a yeah, cool effect. The, the demons, demons door uh, scare zone, I believe it's called. And then they have another one called the dead zone, which is new that has has less neon, but it still has that neon cyberpunk uh-huh. uh, aesthetic. Was that in the back, the, that was, that was in the back yeah, of the park? That was in the back of the park. That was pretty small. I wasn't, um, but it was more contained. And oh. for something new, I thought it was it was fun. Yeah. And then they have, um, of course, all the rides are going and they're, they're in the dark. So the lights are off, uh, for most of the rides. Um, and then, uh, there was a show that we saw and that was sort of near twisted Colossus on that side of the park. Uh, it was a mentalist show. Um, I have a passion for that kind of magic and stuff like that. And uh, I've seen lots of shows, a member of the magic castle, and I've done lots of magic like that myself. And I think that show could use some help. I was a little bit um, mystified by the dance routines in between each of the mind reading effects. How did, did you feel the same way that it was kind of a odd mix of like dance, hip hop, 
music and then going to that, it, it kind of, I felt like it took away from the spooky factor. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah. Uh, it did seem like, I'm not sure they went together, you know? Uh, it was almost like they could have had the dancers as like an opening act or an intermission or something, but having them together on sharing the stage, same stage and interacting, it just didn't seem like it was almost like why they were, why were they there? You know, I yeah. mean, everyone there was there to see the, the mentalist show. I mean, that's what it was advertised at, as, you know, that type of magic show. And, um, I don't know. Maybe they just were trying to spice it up. And I'm kind of out of my element here because I, I don't know magic that well. And yeah, um, but I mean, as a like, as a guest who doesn't know that, because I I mean I know what it's funny because you know he says oh there's no magic going on here, but my daughter even knew some of the stuff. But um, it seemed to me like it just could have been more focused on the spooky theme because it was called dark minds, you know? And so the idea is like, there's some dark darkness in this ability to be a yeah, none, mind none of, reader. None of, that, none of that stuff ever felt dark to me other than when he was talking about his family history or whatever, that was dark. But other than that, nothing in the show was really dark or spooky. It was just him doing mind tricks. Right. Like uh, predicting numbers or things like that. Yeah. So it didn't really have much of a Halloween element to it. And it was almost like they were really forcing like that. Like they could do that show at any time. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a mentalist and just to have a mentalist show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could, so, uh, I think it could use some tweaking, you know, and I don't want to. Yeah. I think you're right. I just don't know much about that kind of um, entertainment, yeah. entertainment in general. Yeah. And a lot of times when I go to these type of theme parks, I don't really go to the shows. So I don't know what to expect or, um, yeah, I think uh, you know we had just been down to SeaWorld Hallow Scream, you know, the mm-hmm. week, the few nights before, and you know they had that vampire circus, and that was really well themed. I mean, they of course they could have taken all those elements are like in uh, what you might see in uh, Cirque du Soleil show in Las Vegas, or maybe some other places with lots of acrobatics and tricks and circus stuff, and you know, that could be a normal circus, right? But they really went the extra mile to decorate the set to look like an old castle with, you know, fences and gates and crypts and where a bunch of vampires kind of crawl out with the lighting and the smoke and the sound. You know, they I think they did a good job of um, creating an atmospheric environment and the characters themselves you know, like the guy doing the crazy tap dancing. I mean, I got a good shot of that guy and him with the long hair and the goatee and the white pale face and the dark eyes. I mean, he looks like a spooky ass dude, you know, and that's what this mentalist show just couldn't compare to that. You know, I mean, they didn't put, they, they kind of did a little bit of set dressing and some, some stuff, but, um, I think going with that high energy music just really like killed any kind of like spooky vibe. I thought all the performers at SeaWorld were legit. And I think for me, that was what sold the show was just that, you know, they bring on this person, this acrobat and then this acrobat and every one of them was good, yeah. you know, and they're all doing kind of a little bit different stuff. And again, I don't know, you know, this type of circus acrobatic type shows. I don't know much about them, but 
Um, just all the theatrics aside, I just thought the core uh, entertainment, the the, fiz- the feats of strength and and um, acrobatics were just really solid. Yeah, I I mean, so, uh, you know, someone next to me said at one point, like I would pay the ticket to get into this event just to see this show and be happy with just seeing yeah. the show. So that's how solid it was, you know, like this mentalist I, I show. Was, I was thinking like, even if they took all the, uh, the Halloween elements or the, all the vampire elements, got rid of that and just had a straight up acrobatic show, it still would probably have been just as entertaining to me. Um, because the performances were so solid. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's that. And that's yeah. what I meant that the show itself, was good mm-hmm. and then the overlay they did on it was good was also good too yeah yeah so anyway uh so i think you know we came out of you know that experience and then we went into this experience so our expectations were were maybe higher than you know other people who just stumbled across the mentalist show and he did some he did some interesting effects that uh i think people would enjoy so um but with the with the night being so long and so crowded, um, I think that uh, I could have uh, passed on that particular thing. I think I enjoyed mm-hmm. the stages with the music and the scare zones and the haunted houses, you know, a lot more. I focused my energy on that and then maybe getting on a couple of the big rides. Yeah. So what would you say? We did a little rating thing on SeaWorld and, uh, you know, it was their first year. And so uh, I think you and I and Eric all kind of gave it a six, seven, right in that range, uh, just because mm-hmm. it was new. And that's a really good rating for a brand new attraction that's never been done before. Um, this has been going on for a while. How do you feel about Fright Fest in relation to Knott's SeaWorld Universal? What kind of rating would you give the haunted houses? Right, Fright Fest is tough. I would have to. I would probably. I'd probably give the mazes a six, and I would give the the scare zones. I thought were pretty decent. I'd give them a seven or an eight, just because one they give you a lot of them. They had new ones, and I just found them fun. You know, and they're, they're creative. They have different, really radically different styles. Yeah. From scares from scare zone to scare zone. Um, well, one of the other things too, about six flags is, um, it's big, it's a big park and there's, yeah, a, it's hard, and there's it's a hard hill, to... there's yeah. a big hill, Ma- if not, a mountain. If, the there's a mountain. mountain, it's yeah. the magic, there's nothing magic about it. What it does is it makes you hurt the next day, but I was yeah. just thankful that it was nice and cool and nighttime, you know, had uh-huh. that been, you know, magic mountain is far up North in Valencia inland. It's it's hot and it's a park that it'd be 105 degrees in the middle of summer and 105 walking up and down that big hill in a crowd of people like that with teenagers running around i mean no thanks i don't think i'm not i'm i don't think i'm gonna go to that park in the midst of summer that's a really nice fall winter place to time to go you know so this uh fright fest is perfect you know from that regard as far as comfort goes you know, at Magic Mountain. Yeah, it's hard to compare to the other theme parks because they have, they're so much bigger and they have so much going on. I don't think any of the other, uh, like Knott's or Universal or uh, 
SeaWorld is even close to the amount uh, of just the size of the park and the amount of stuff and people that's going on there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, cr it's crazy. So you kind of have to pick what you're going to do. You can't be like, like at knots. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to haunts. I'm going to go see a show. I'm going to go do rides. It's almost like you kind of got to choose your path at, at that one. It's like, am I here for rides? Am I here for mazes? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can technically do a little bit of everything, but it's almost like you'd want to go multiple nights and be like, I want to do the dark, the rides in the dark tonight, or I want to do all the mazes tonight. Yeah. Um, I, th I think, <clears throat> I think it would, that is one of the parks. I mean, universal also is a park that I highly recommend you buy the front of line pass if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think to do magic mountain, right. And to do fright fest, right. There's like five hotels right at the entrance to that place. I mean, if mm -hmm. you can, you know, get a room and go two nights and then get the fast pass so you can go to, maybe one night you get the fast pass for the rides and the other night you get them for the haunts and you just do, yeah. you just do like two nights and then that way you're not stressed out about trying to get on and see everything, you know? Well, I think the annual passes are so popular now and they're they're really affordable at six flags and knots versus like disneyland um i think the park is designed for you to come do a little bit come back and do some of the stuff you missed and to come multiple times yeah um because even even with you know media passes it i mean even if i had access to everything i wanted to get on i wouldn't have been able to do everything <laughs> not not by a long shot yeah I agree. You know, but I do think there were times where I went to knots and I pretty much did everything I wanted when I had uh, media access. Like I got on every maze, I got on a bunch of rides, I saw a show. I mean, okay, I literally did not do every single attraction or show, but I did enough to have a complete day and, and then some. Yeah. But with this, it's like this is definitely like a multiple multiple day type thing, especially if you're going on a weekend where it's insanely busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was shocked that the the health department even allowed that many people in the park. Oh, you mean as far as uh, yeah, yeah? I didn't even think about that. I don't know that there's yeah. any regulations on outdoor anything anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it definitely is, felt but, like a normal day, except for the masks in the in the haunts and some haunts were a little more um, strict. strict about that. I think it based on employee. I think the other thing too, is a lot of theme parks right now, you know, they've got a lot of temporary hires or they've got people who are brand new. I know that at SeaWorld, you know, with this shutdown, I mean, they were closed for a year, you know, and they couldn't mm -hmm. keep everybody on Disney, all of them, all the theme parks had to let everybody go, even their kind of higher end top talent. So a lot of these parks are have brand new people, you know, who are trying to figure out how to make this thing work and where stuff is stored and how you do everything. And so, you know, like uh, when I came into Six Flags, I asked a security guard, hey, how'd I get to here? He didn't know where it was and he didn't have a map. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I mean, back in my SeaWorld days, you'd ask any employee where something is and every single one of them knows where everything is, you know. So oh, yeah, that, that park is... It's hard to find things. Even when you look at the map, you're still like, where the heck am I? You know? Yeah. And I think the map could use a little help because it's kind of a generalized map. 
I think you and I were talking about this. It'd be really helpful if they put the names of all the rides so that you could kind of just find what you were closest to and go from there. But there's yeah. a couple squirrely little pathways, especially that one that goes up to where the Willoughby's maze is to Ninja. Um, first of all, you can take like, a, there's a little trolley car that goes up the hill to that. But if you're trying mm -hmm. to find it and you walk to the left, once you get to that Bigfoot Rapids or whatever, there's just that little tiny pathway past that, you know, that Tatu coaster or whatever it's called, Tossum or whatever. And you go by that and then you go to walk upstairs and stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say in general that park is just, it's grown in a way that uh, sometimes makes it, can be confusing for someone to get around. Oh, for sure. And I've been there before. You know, I've been there quite a few times and I still get lost. Yeah, yeah. You know? So um, we got to try some drinks at the media night. Uh, they had a special um, cocktail for Fright Fest that comes in a mem uh, cup that you get to take home. Really cool cup, says Fright Fest on there. Uh, and I think it has the year, possibly, blood and stuff on it. It looks really cool. And that drink was uh, Angry, Angry Apple or something like that. And yeah, uh, it basically... I got a picture of it. Yeah, it's Angry Orchard with a shot of like some cinnamon liqueur and um, it was tasty. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's see what it, uh, I don't have the recipe here. I don't know um, that they had any special food. Like one of the things that the, when we did the SeaWorld show was that like a lot of the food that we were served in the press event was available in the park. They had these little burgers, these sliders that we got to eat. And the burger, we didn't talk about this, but the burger had red melted cheese in the middle. So you take a bite and it has red cheddar cheese. At first I was trying to figure out what it was, but they had specialty food, you know, that we got to try. And I would say that they, they, SeaWorld was elevated in their food, you know, and I don't know if they're just trying to catch on to people's taste kind of being a little more... Uh, particular these days with all these cooking shows and all this good food in the restaurants now. Uh, but SeaWorld's offering on the food was like an elevated kind of thing. So they had food and drink things in the park that we got to try. Um, do you think any of that was going on? Uh, was, was there any special food I missed that uh, was in the media event that was there specifically for Fright Fest? Mm, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, did they have that? Did they have that alcohol beverage? Throughout the park? Yeah, that was available throughout the park. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, it was probably just, just all Fright Fest stuff that we were trying. And a lot of it had a, like a spicy, um, like they were trying to make it spicy for, for Halloween. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was it. Oh, they had the candy apples too. That's right. They had the caramel okay. candy apples. Yeah, they yeah. sell they sell those in the park. All the time, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was it. Um, I think that the, you know, a lot of the haunts, I would say the Willoughby's I really liked, um, the scare actors were kind of roaming around, but they definitely were not engaging, you know, um, it's really crazy because you think of, you know, how dynamically can you, how dynamic can you be with that experience for people? And for instance, the Knott's Berry farm scare actors, are like top gun pilots i mean they have techniques that when you walk by even someone my size i'm a big guy 6'4 245 pounds and when someone like me walks by um or people notice them 
they have a really intelligent ways of making you forget about them. And then they come back up on you and scare the crap out of you. They're really good at that. I mean, and then they slide, they have the knee pads. So they'll just like all of a sudden come out of, come out of nowhere with sparks flying, sliding right at you. And I've gotten scared so many times by those scare zones at Knott's Berry farm. And I have to say that's something that doesn't happen elsewhere. So again, they've been around since 74. So they, they probably, you know, have come up with every trick in the book. But at SeaWorld, we saw the scare zones. They were very interactive. You know, they were talking, saying stuff to you, following you, being witty when you would respond. Um, all of them were. And then at Fright Fest, that wasn't so much so. Did you have anybody that was real engaging and talking and or scared you or real, um, you know, clever with the way that they jumped out? I don't think anybody got me at Fright Fest. That I remember. Yeah. You're, you're talking strictly about scare zones and scare actors? Yes. Yeah. Scare actors and scare zones. Mm. No, but I'm also because I was like trying to film them. Um, yeah, I don't I don't recall any of that. And I also remember when I was at Knott's, I did I didn't see as much of the scare actors getting in people's faces. And sliding into them and stuff like they used to. But maybe I was just in the wrong area. Well, it could also be because of COVID, too. Yeah, maybe they're kind of instructed to... I mean, they were definitely getting close on people, but maybe I was just in the wrong area. Maybe they did more of that over in Ghost Town and stuff. Yeah, Ghost Town Uh, is where they do that big time. And they also can't, can't... They can't do that when it's crowded. It's usually, like, later in the night in, in parts of the park where they have a little room to sneak up on you and slide and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Universal. Um, Now universal, they, um, I didn't get to go to universal, um, screamscape and, uh, spooks and spirits didn't, we weren't able to get in this year. We've been many times in the past. Um, and also Knott's Berry farm. Somehow we missed the boat on those guys, but, uh, or at least I did spooks and spirits, maybe, uh, screamscape had someone else go. Went to horror nights. Um, I enjoyed this year a lot. So their scare zones, what I remember about Horror Nights is they have this, they're real aggressive with, I mean, the costuming is cool because they've got all those old monsters from their movies and in, mm-hmm. and, and they, uh, they look really good. Like they're high quality costumes, you know, so you'll see the Wolfman and you'll see the Phantom of the Opera and you'll see, you know, stuff like that, Frankenstein, and they look like legit. But then they also mm-hmm. have a second set. I mean, I just remember this was a funny experience <laughs> that happened. If anyone knows, there's like a snack bar uh, or a snack place. It's a circle, it's a circle snack shop, and it's kind of near the end of the main street before you get into that area where it's the Simpsons and all that, and you go down to the lower lot. And I just remember sitting there observing people, and there were people in that line. There was a big crowd of people waiting to buy stuff in that line. And four or five monsters, like scary looking monsters with chainsaws, they walked up and they got into a circle like they were huddling. And then they, they were doing their thing, but people weren't really noticing them because they were low key. And then they're like, they chanted something like a little chant. And then they all dipped down and fired their chainsaws up at the same time and went in every single direction. And that whole line cleared out immediately. (laughs) 
I mean, everybody ran from those guys. It was like instant chaos, which I thought was great. That was such an awesome, you know, little skit that they did, you know? So, um, mm. you know, I mean, as we kind of look at these different places, you know, I think there's just different levels of that. And so, um, I think I'll that- say my, my all time best scare zone moment, and this would probably be, it would probably be impossible to top because it's so rare. It was over in ghost town at, at scary farm. This was a few years ago and it was cloudy that day and it had started to rain. I think it was about midnight and it had started to rain. And as I was walking through the streets of ghost town, the fog was so thick that you couldn't see anything. So you just walking through the fog and all the scare actors had decided to lay on the ground in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) It was so creepy. They're just lying there like they're dead. And yeah, that really creeped the hell out of me. Is that a cat? (laughs) Did you hear a cat? Yeah, I heard a cat. Is that the goat? Is that the ghost cat from, uh, yeah, she, well, she's, she looks like a ghost. She's gray. Anyway, that's yeah. Trixie, you guys, mm-hmm. making a little cameo on the show. Anyway. I think I um, met her, her briefly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy, man. Totally unexpected. I know yeah. what you're saying about the ghost town. They fog that thing up. And late at night when there's less people in the park and you go walking through there, that yeah. that is a scary place. Ghost town, they do a good job of scaring you because you can't see what's around you. And you're around yeah. these all old these old buildings, and you know that stuff is lurking off in the fog. And uh, but it was just it was just one of those creepy nights. It was it as good as the atmospherics are on Ghost Town. The night alone was like creepy and foggy and rainy. It, it was it was isn't it, it wasn't raining hard enough to where it was like miserable and everyone was leaving. It was just kind of a misty, light rain. Yeah. That might get worse, and uh, that that's probably going to be a, a tough moment to to top. I yeah. think that'll probably be my my highlight of any Halloween park ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, did you do at Knotts? Did they get rid of the um, the laser tag thing that's in Camp Snoopy? The haunted. It was like a zombie apocalypse, and you could go shoot the and you get a score at the end. Did they have that, or is that gone? Yeah, that's that's been gone. Um, well, it was only in Camp Snoopy for two years. I really liked it when it was in that area, and it was outdoor. And then they moved it indoors oh. to some building in the back, kind of back left of the park. I forget exactly, um, but it just wasn't as good in indoors. And they they said that it was just a nightmare having to redress everything in the morning for like camp Snoopy and then getting it ready for the zombie show. So that's why they only did it for the two years. But I think like the second year they did it, the first year, um, they had some issues trying to sort out, you know, I think I did one of the very first runs. Yeah. They had, te- went, they had some technical issues because I remember it kept, uh, yeah. like you, and it was so low capacity. You had to get a ticket for it right away at the beginning of the night and it would just sell out like they would give all the tickets out and i know we were there for press so we were guaranteed a spot but 
I think the first year the uh, guns they were using, they were having lots of technical issues. And so the second year, uh, the guns changed. I remember the technology mm-hmm. changed a bit. And um, I really enjoyed it. There's a part where you need to go into some tents, some camping tents. Like there were tents on the ground and you had to do complete this mission and go into the tent. And, you know, it was, you know, of course you don't know what's in the tent. So it was really cool. I actually really enjoyed that experience. But uh, just like some of the other experiences they've done that I really enjoy that are low capacity. I mean, you know, it's just hard to do. Because yeah, you're going to have I disappointed really- people. I think it was 2014. That was the first year they had, um, was it called special ops? Yeah. Special ops. That's right. Um, and I wasn't pressed at the time and I just got, you know, I got there early to the park, went straight over there, got in right away and actually was in, in a video that some media group was filming. So the very, like one of the very first runs of special ops, I was in a video for, Oh, cool. Like as a, yeah, was, just as a participant for some uh, yeah, just, potential just commercials? Uh, no, this was just um, some, uh, some news organization that was filming it. Um, entertainment news. Oh, I see. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, back to Fright Fest. Um, Fright Fest, I think, I think if, you know, I think if you're looking for a spooky, spooky experience with a really good atmospheric, like the whole park is transformed into this whole big, giant, scary, haunted park, um, I think you're better off probably going to Knott's for that. If you're looking for the high-end stuff, like the all the IP, all the movies, and Freddy Krueger and this and that, and completely authentically duplication of you know maybe something like the Shining set, that's universal. I think if you're looking for the thrill rides and you're looking for kind of the higher energy, or if you're younger and you know, you want to go to a spot where there's a lot to do, you know, uh, I think six flags is your choice because you've got, um, those big massive rides and then you've got the haunts, which are, which are good. The haunts are good. Um, as far as their production value, I mean, they, they look nice and they look good inside um and then you've got i think they're probably like because of the crowd the whole dj thing and the drummer like i really like that section you know so i think if you're looking for like an upbeat fun night i think fright fest is your choice because you know you've got so much to do there and then if you can if you want to lower your stress level go two nights like extend it out for two nights and there's plenty to do i mean you probably would need three nights actually to get on all the coasters you know, if you're going on a busy night. So, and then if the ticket price is, is lower or whatever, that's great for, you know, the young crowd. So, um, yeah. So I think Fright Fest is kind of that high energy thing. You know, if you're like totally into the spookiness, I mean, it's a mixture, right? Cause you've got those people who are there not for the, for the Halloween stuff, you know, they're there for the theme park rides. And then you've got the people who are there for the Halloween stuff. So it's like, a, it's, it truly is feels like an add-on experience. Would you say that's a good description? It's the the fright fest part is an add-on. Yeah, it's not its own park. It's an add-on. And I also wanted to say that the the live concerts that they have at Fright Fest are usually really good. And these aren't like, well, maybe they are. I mean, maybe they are bands that they hire that are more well known than I realize. But they're usually really good. Um, 
really good live performers. Yeah. So the, so the entertainment, uh, factor there on the live performances is definitely up there. Uh, you can go and get scared in the mazes. You can have some really spooky moments within some of the scare zones and, uh, there's more than enough to do for your money. So, uh, check out Fright Fest at Six Flags Magic Mountain this season. Um, if you're aficionados like Ace and I are, we're, uh, go do them all, you know, start down in San Diego and work your way north. <laughs> And, uh, you won't, you won't go, you can't go wrong with that. So anyway, Ace, any last, any last words to add? Uh, you know, I, I had something, but I lost it. So <laughs> did you? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do another show. We've been doing these like multi-person shows. It's pretty cool. Hope you guys like it. Uh, and, uh, send us your feedback and we'll go, go with that. So. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, thanks for listening. And this has been another episode of Spirits and More Radio. Spirits and More Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs>